Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie. What's up this week? It's May, Barbara. Happy May Day. Welcome to episode 335 of the Groom Pod, recorded on May 1st, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. It's already been 100 degrees here. Oh. So sorry wow. to interrupt. Okay, well, we're still in the <laughs> 30s at night. But, ah! but we're making our way out. We're beautiful in the early, early morning and. Dawn's first blush. Ah, yes. Well, <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groom More, and Stasco. And if you'd like to tip your podcasters, go to our website, The Groom Pod, and use the donation button or join us on Patreon. And we have a donation, and a new Patreon person. So I might as well mention them right now so I don't forget. Okay. We got a donation from Cheryl Hansen of $25 through the website. Thank you, Cheryl. Oh, yay. And we have a new Patreon member, Lanny Ellis. We appreciate you guys both very, very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, ladies. All right. What's new this week is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. You know I have stocks, right? I have a little bit of stocks. I play the market a little bit. Uh, I didn't know that, but now I do. Well, now you do. I am thinking that I need to buy stock in Equus because the amount of survivor gel I'm using on my horse's mane and tail <laughs> is absolutely obscene. I think I need to get a gallon of the stuff. But you know what's funny? Don't do the mane and tail detangling and then ride right afterwards because the reins slipped through your hands <laughs> and I dropped my crop. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Boy, that I stuff is amazing. your crop. I did. It just slipped right out and I ran over it with the horse. <laughs> oh. So I am just so impressed with that product and they are not a sponsor, but boy, I wish they would be because maybe I could get a discount on the gallons of that survivor I don't gel. think they make survivor gel in a gallon. Oh, I don't think they do either. But you know what? Interesting that we're talking about a silicone gel because I am tempting, I am entering a journey at home of creating my own silicone complex fast drying spray. 
Oh, all right. Because I love the eye groom fast drying spray that comes in. I think it's called magic spray or something. We love it. But A, it's expensive. And B, it's only 17 ounces. And we just race through that. Uh, the other one that I had that I used to use for a while that I loved is um, not your mother's blow dry accelerating thing. It's got a catchy name that I happen to forget. From Sally Beauty. Uh, yeah, but you can't get it anymore. It's oh. off the market. It's gone. But I still have a bottle and I have the directions. And when I went to Lotion Crafter, uh, they offer a basic silicone serum kit so you could make make this kit and it could probably become you could put a gelling agent in there and make it be a silicone gel or you can put it more diluted with water and it's going to become a silicone spray plus i can add things after i get used to the phase a and phase b mixing and getting it down then i can fool around with adding some other additives to improve the conditioning value of the uh, stuff. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm got on the burner, so to speak. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm excited to be kind of fooling around in my lab again. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. You know what I'm doing is I am raping and pillaging all of the drawers in my grooming trailer to find everything that might work similar to a detangling gel because I don't have exactly that. (laughs) But I have a Chris Christensen product, I think that's an oily kind of silk spirits that's it i have that out there and i bet if i just used a drop or two of that i could probably work that through after my bottle of gel dave grooms on monday by himself and grooms on wednesday with me but i never really watch his steps or anything he goes through every silicone product (laughs) that i have He uses up everything. That's why I've got to I've got to make some because you know the alternatives out there are just like too expensive and sometimes just are not in their supply chain problems global or something. You know, there's too much demand. Yeah, for (laughs) for silicone polymer oils. It's really funny. Well, that fascinates me because. I know there's supply chain issues. I'm just grateful that I have the Max because I dilute that down and I'm spraying that into her hair as well. And with all of this stuff that gels a couple times a week and then using the Max and the Ultra Max conditioning spray, it's really keeping her coat, her mane and tail just so beautiful. I'm so impressed with all of it working because it's completely different hair. It's like fishing line. You know, it's like very fine fishing line instead of like actual hair. But it's so pretty. And that and one of our Facebook group members has a horse. Did you see that beautiful tail? I saw that we took a whole uh, little journey looking at horses butts <laughs> uh, on the groom pod. Yeah. Parker mean Facebook group. But you know, like when you're an animal lover, you're an animal lover. And a lot of us love horses. Yes, indeed. Only really other thing I have to share about this week for me is that with the changing of my schedule and the blocking off, the actual physical blocking off of my days off on my calendar, I am finding that I'm able to fit in 
more dogs than I thought just by working a little later during those four days a week that I am working. It's taking a little adjusting and I'm going to hate it in the wintertime, but sticking an extra dog on here and there has made it so that I had two days off last week. I have two days off this week and I have two days off next week. That is unheard of in the history of my mobile grooming. I think I don't think I've ever had that since 2006. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I block off my holidays when I go somewhere, when I actually leave town. I have those days, but actual days off in a week, I had never had them all. I'm supposed to have Sunday, Tuesday and Wednesday, but Sunday, I always give away Sunday to the hard to travel place because there's no traffic on Sunday. So three out of four Sundays usually have grooming after them. And then um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays have just been where I put all my overflow for forever. So it's really nice. I like it. I'm I'm adjusting well to it. We're going camping again. Well, Nanny that's Anna. good. So, you, <laughs> so you, you might have a uh, a marriage. Yes, <laughs> or not, depending <laughs> on which way it goes. <laughs> How was your week? Anything new? Oh God! Well, you know what? I lost one, gained one. Oh well. One of my special little Bichon mix. I think. She was like a small Bichon. Uh, Mitzi, that I've been grooming for many years, died. And we knew she was on her last lap. And she did better at the salon than she did at home because she was running into the wall and all that kind of stuff. So she she finally just like gave up the ghost and went over the bridge. And that was sad. And then two days later... We have a new Bichon mix come in the front door, and she was referred by another Bichon lady. And um, this dog, well, the last time they took her anyplace, they, they got shaved, and that was painful. And she doesn't have very much of a coat. She has a thin kind of semi-curly coat. It's fluffy, uh, but it doesn't have the structure that a Bichon coat really does. You know, she didn't want too much taken off so I just did it I like a scissored bichon trim on this little dog and a cute little face and then her little ears kind of poofed out straight out to the sides bichon ears are so funny they are the, the shit can happen and when they're kind of walking they're just out to the side you know and I because I trimmed them up I lightened the load boom they <laughs> but she looked so young and so cute they were just like over the moon so lost one gained one and they committed to they made a next appointment six weeks instead of four that i that mitzi was on but you know it's a good another good solid client so i'm grateful for these new ones i just love it when when you match you oh, know yes. with a client with a new client and you know that uh you've got it you know it was that was such a good experience so definitely it's been the little roller coaster of dog grooming at at my shop this week it's hit 100 degrees at least once and maybe twice this week which is really early we don't usually hit that until another couple of weeks in the middle of may we've had the second coldest april in recorded history this is climate change this is climate change is real yeah, it is the thing, and we are in the middle of it, and we caused it. 
and that's how I feel. So, uh, you know, yeah, so we're dealing with this climate change, and unfortunately, it's not nice weather. I mean, it's really nice for in the morning. It's still cooling off at night pretty well, but, you know, uh, pretty soon I'm going to be in the uh, uh, discomfort zone. Well, I consider (laughs) it my punishment for having the perfect horse, I can't ride her because the weather's so bad. <laughs> I mean, I still I have to put on layer after layer after layer, but I am going out there every other day and riding, and my shoulder hasn't felt so good in years. It's really, really, really cool. I'm very happy about that part <laughs> of it. So let's take a break and hear from Best Shot, and then we will go to our first appointment, which is a really cool letter that we got. By email. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Okay, so the the silicone crisis that we're having at the shop has been generated because we ran out of the max, and uh, life is the pit without the max. And so I finally got my ass in gear and uh, contacted Dave Campanella, and I've got some some max on the way, but. I'm not trying to create a product that replaces the Max because you can't. I'm trying to make a product that replaces the not your mother's stuff. Okay? Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm probably going to need some of the Max <laughs> in there to do that. But uh, I was going to ask if you were going to use it in your mix. <laughs> well, well, I might, I, you know, like not the first time, but I'm going to see what happens when I did it or subtract it, you know, cool. and uh, it's going to be a journey. I like it. And you're taking us with you, right? 
Yes. Yeah. We're going to have a formulating journey. All right. Talk about taking us on a journey. We have a listener who takes us in her long haul truck when she's working <sighs> and she wants to be a groomer. She's an aspiring groomer and she wrote us this really nice letter. And in it, she says she's taking an online course to learn how to groom, but she's worried about the hands-on part of grooming. And I get it. I totally understand that it seems a large leap to go from from what you see on a video and what you learn in a classroom to then apply it to a dog or cat in front of you without having some kind of a spirit guide somewhere near you, <laughs> a mentor, something uh, to help you figure the rest of it out. I know. And it's, it's not 3D. The problem is online learning is not 3D. So when you're faced with, you know, like sculpting a shape out of nothing you know, like, where do I start that, you know, um, hopefully you can make the adjustment. I'm not saying that it's not worthy to take an online course, but I would expect that any groomers she shared this with are going to say, <laughs> you know, because most groomers have learned either hand, hands-on with a mentor or gone to a school where they're working on actual dogs. And it just does seem like a huge leap. However, it is there's some foundation in there that that's valuable. I myself am taking an online course right now that is much more in-depth than your average seminar one-time one knockoff kind of a thing. This is a weekly class. It's been going on for like six months now, and it is definitely valuable. I'm learning a lot. It has its place, and it certainly would set you up with a great foundation to then go out and find a mentorship or find a place to work. I'm doing the Master Groomer Behavior Specialist class. <laughs> God, I can't even remember what the heck that is <laughs> from the Whole Pet Academy. And Whole Pet Academy is in New Hampshire, and I'm in Seattle, Washington, or Snohomish, Washington. But I can learn from these people really effectively. And then because I'm working, actively working, I can then go apply what I've learned that way. So I think if you have a place where you can go physically get your hands on the dogs, starting out online maybe not such a bad idea. And you know what would be really great what? if we did an online thing? Should we do an online thing, Barbara? I'm ready. We're overdue. We haven't done one in a long time. I know. What do you think? You know, I think that definitely your area of expertise is always in the shampoo area. Or conditioning. Shampoo, conditioning products. Uh, you have other things. You've got customer service and the psychology part of it. But there's an area that we don't talk about a lot because it's kind of more at the end of the subject rather than the beginning of the subject, as we were talking about earlier, is the additives. Why don't you put together an additives class and we will present it on a Sunday in June, perhaps Sunday 19th. What do you think? Hey, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm ready to go. Cool. I, I have uh, some, some base work done on that subject. And so we'll just update it <laughs> and tweak it and 
thrash it about for a couple of weeks and we'll present it. Yeah. Okay. So block off June 19th because we've got it blocked off. And this, you know, now that I've hijacked the subject there for a minute, let's return back (laughs) to Haley's question. So... Um, happens that she lives very close to me up in Lake Stevens, Washington, which is a hop, skip and a jump up the street and an area that I regularly groom in. So we're practically neighbors. My trailer, though, is an eight by 10 tiny trailer, and there's not a lot of room for ride alongs. I'm happy to offer a ride along if Haley wants to come out with me for one day, but that's the, that doesn't really help her in the long run. What would really help her is a mentor, but how do you pick a mentor? They usually pick you. <laughs> there I is think, that. I, I think more people have been picked or have been assigned <laughs> to become a groomer than have been ones that have walked in and said, will you teach me? You know, I really think it's the other way around. Maybe at least 80% become groomers because they were being a bather, an assistant, or a summertime stock person or something and the groomer said I need help and I need you now (laughs) and trim those feet (laughs) you know (laughs) but anyway I um I felt bad for Haley because she's she's desperate she really wants to give it a shot and she's saying how do I start where do I begin? Where, where do I go somewhere? Do I call somebody? You know, like help. <laughs> and I understand the quandary. It's funny. It's easier to set up your own shop and proclaim yourself a groomer than it is to get someone at a shop to teach you how to groom. It really is. That's because as a person who loves to teach people how to groom, and you do too, it takes you away from earning your own living. And unless you're being compensated for teaching someone to groom, it makes it challenging. But while you were talking there, I came up with a really decent idea. It may be a controversial idea, but it's one that I would get behind 100%. What's that? Volunteer for free. Volunteer for free? Yeah. Volunteer for free. You know, in this day and age, nobody wants to do anything for free and hard work is even harder to convince people to do. And as you know, grooming is hard work. I mean, it really is physically hard work. I can't think of any busy shop in the spring that wouldn't love to have somebody in there as an extra body to point in a certain direction that doesn't cost them any money. And through doing that, you can maybe find a mentor. You can get some hands-on experience helping another groomer. And yeah, you're giving up one of your days off, (laughs) which I just got back and it's kind of funny that I'm saying to do that. But volunteering somewhere, if you can find a place that will uh, take your body in would probably be a great way to get the physical part of your learning jump-started, as you said. I have a little different take on it. Okay. Because I understand doing that. And I'll tell you, as a, from a shop owner point of view, what makes it hard for the, for the mentor person is that if you're not paying a person, it's hard to tighten the rein. It's hard to be a boss. It's hard to be bossy or it's hard to be authoritative with a person who's just like volunteering their time. I'm the farthest thing from abusive. I'm a kind of a 
pushover. I thought you were going to say you're the farthest thing from a boss. And I was going to go, well, there is. (laughs) (laughs) You are a softie. (laughs) I know. I take responsibility for almost everything that happens. I just can't stand confrontation. And I just try to do everything through a positive, supportive sort of a way. And I just bite my tongue a lot. Except that I'm uh, I'm more free with Dave than I am with Yvonne. So anyway, um, what I would suggest is to think about some other areas in which you might make a contribution to a grooming establishment. Oh, I agree. For example, yeah. If you have computer skills, can you manage a scheduling program like Groom More? Are you good at cleaning? Are you good at cleaning? Uh, you know, like what can you contribute that might take the load off the shop owner or the groomers, you know, and you can offer to do that in exchange for some time uh, working on a dog. I was thinking the same thing. You come in, you mop the floors, you empty the garbage, you go get lunch for people. You're the intern, you know, not necessarily the bather's assistant. Just the person, the extra body to do exactly what you're saying. You are so, we are on the same page. Two peas in a pod, Barbara, two peas. (laughs) I love you, Susie You too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what I would suggest that she do, um, because I, I know from your response to her on email that you supported her to uh, go to the local school that's in the in the immediate area. Um, that's a good recommendation. But as an alternative, she could create a written profile where she explains her, I was going to say virtues, but that's lame. Aspirations? Well, aspirations and um, your talents, you know, and uh, your skill levels. You know, if you're a truck driver, I'm going to assume that you have a certain amount of upper body strength. You know, you're a strong woman, physically strong and healthy. Boy, that's something to know. Drug free, I hope. You know, like profile yourself and make a statement of how you think you can make a difference at their establishment and put it on any of the Seattle area Facebook groups that you can and just share it and share it. That's what's different from when I was looking for a job. When I was looking for a job, well, I was looking for a job because I lost my other job, but never mind that. Having Facebook as a tool is that this is the moment for that. This is the moment for that. You want to go on there. You want to present yourself. You want to package yourself. Here I am, <laughs> ready to go. You know, Let them know you're doing an online class and which one it is. Let them know you're willing to work for their time. And that it doesn't have to be like you said. It doesn't have to be grooming work. It can be any work that would help the owner. Ideally, after a little bit of kind of voluntary time, you could ask to be hired and you would uh, increase your value to the place. Tremendously. And then ask for, you know, to make it employment. And, uh, And also that way you can find out whether it's really for you because you have to be at the table 
to experience the table. And it's, it's not a piece of cake. It's visual skills. It's physical, actual strength. It's simpatico with the dogs, but not a pushover on the dog's part. They can't manipulate you, but you're kind. You know, you have to have the, you have to find out because some people have the vision of the transformation, making the ratty looking dog look cute and wonderful, but have no idea of what they're going to experience in between the before and the after. And it, it, you might not have the patience. Poop. Poop on your table. Poop, well, <laughs> Poop yeah. and pee uh, stuck on the butt and things that bad breath and getting arguments from the dogs and pain in your body and pain with the people. And it's not all beautiful, but boy, do I love it. Me too. Let's take another break and move on to our back to school segment where we're going to learn about a really, really exciting new-ish ingredient, coconut oil. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They are the only shears I actually use. So check out all the options, including customizable non-swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod, so check them out today. Your hands will thank you. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. So we had a question on the uh, Facebook page about the uh, value of using coconut oil in our grooming. And um, there's a lot of con contradictory information out there. And coconut oil, I know we've, we've even covered it once before, but it gets a lot of mixed press. So it kind of gets over-elevated in its... <laughs> in its value and underestimated in its effectiveness. So let's talk about it a little bit. You know, I didn't know that coconut oil was even more saturated than butter. Oh, I knew. You know how I knew? Uh -huh. They used it in popcorn at the movie theater many years ago, and all heck broke loose because it was so much thicker and saturated fat than regular butter and stuff. Oh, but it tastes so good. Oh, my. So coconut oil is 80 to 90 percent saturated fat and butter is 63 percent. Beef fat is 50 percent. Pork lard is 39 percent. Olive oil and canola oil have less than 15 percent saturated fat. So it's way high. And delicious. Now, that has more to do with whether you're going to eat it or not, or use it in cooking and food. I've never tried to use it um, in cooking or with popcorn or anything like that. As a super um, taster, you can taste the coconut underlying. So if you make chocolate chip cookies and use it as your fat, you will taste coconutty chocolate chip cookies. And I don't well, that know. That might not be too bad. No, but, but you need to be careful because if you put it in something like 
potatoes, regular potatoes. You have coconutty regular potatoes. Uh, right not so good sweet potatoes maybe okay regular potatoes i don't think i'd like it so um <laughs> how did we get on potatoes just sometimes t- i it doesn't even matter if i have a like a specific outline <laughs> i can't have the whole conversation all in my mind how it's gonna go how i'm gonna start it out and and what facts i'm gonna bring out and then how i'll wrap it up and we get in and no, it's We're not. Off. It's not we. It's Susie. <laughs> it's me. I come in and from suddenly, the side, and suddenly it's potatoes. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, well, you know. Okay, so it's my okay. talent. One. <laughs> so, uh, but that's internal. So. Perhaps coconut oil isn't as healthy an oil as some other oils, but topically, coconut oil is really pretty valuable. It's very, it's one of the most soothing oils to the skin, and it has value in the hair, but it, and it does not irritate. So the, there's a, a myth out there that's uh, incorrect. That coconut oil is an irritant to skin. It's not an irritant to skin, but because it's su- such a highly saturated fat, it's a comedogenic. It makes pimples. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you have a tendency towards that, you might want to stay away from coconut oil. Does coconut oil have antibacterial and antifungal properties? Yes, it does have, but it hasn't been effectively tested on dogs. For one thing, uh, it's been used to see if it's effective against yeast, but the yeast that um, inhabits the human skin and causes problems is candida. And the Yeast that gets dogs is malassezia. Oh, really? So they're two very different. Yeah. So there was a lot of, there's a big study done in South Africa, topically applying um, coconut oil to candida. But then the findings are just sometimes just generalized to the dog, and that's not necessarily so. So we don't really have any substantial science on um, coconut oil being effective against canine fungus, canine yeast infection. Um, And by the way, a single uh, procedure on the dog at the grooming shop isn't going to do it not even weekly you're going to really need some a more coordinated uh, response in supporting a a dog to that has a a yeast infection well i've got it in my drawer and i use it on crusty noses and crusty pads what about that kind of use so it's topical you know i just rub it on the crusty nose helpful not helpful not harmful? I think it might be helpful. Okay. Uh, and you know what? The, it, is, it is most effective against staph infection on the skin. Oh, that's good to know. 
So that's good to know. Here's what dermvets.com says, okay? Dermvets, dermatological veterinarians, they say, well, Topical coconut oil has been shown to be beneficial in human children with atopic dermatitis. There is no scientific research available to evaluate its use in dogs. Clinically, I have not seen much benefit in my allergic canine patients. A reason for this may be due to the high prevalence of malassezia infections in dogs with skin allergies. Yeast is lipophilic meaning it eats oil to survive. That's an interesting statement because sometimes you hear that it eats carbohydrates to survive. And that's why you're not supposed to use oatmeal on a yeast infection. But so what does it, you know, like I, I might have to, I might have to look this up. Okay. And be sure, but, you know, I tend to trust germ vets. Anyway, saying, uh, Yeast is lipophilic, meaning it eats oil to survive. They especially like triglycerides, a special type of fat found in high concentrations in both olive oil and coconut oil. In fact, olive oil is commonly added to malassezia cultures when trying to grow it in the lab. Ha! Well, that seems pretty uh, cut and dry there. It's not oatmeal, it's uh, oil. It's oil. So they say putting coconut oil on the skin may, in fact, be fueling secondary yeast infections. So one of the things that we need to know is that malassezia is commensal on the dog skin or on our skin, too. Well, not not malassezia. We get candida. But malassezia pachydermatis is commensal and commensal means it's a oh it's like is a member of the community it coexists it's a legal resident okay it's a legal resident so it's a good bacteria it's supposed to be there it's supposed to be there got it but like some other commensal microbes there can be an imbalance and then suddenly one of them takes off and gets overpopulated and the defenses get affected and you have a problem. The two things where that's most likely to happen are with staph infections, which is bacteriological, and malassezia infections, which is yeast. So it can either one of those things can kind of overpopulate if the balance gets uh, incorrect. So Here is my takeaway, okay? You ready? Ready. The antibacterial and antifungal effects of coconut oil have been scientifically demonstrated. However, many of the supportive studies have been in vitro and on human microorganisms. In vitro means off the body or in in a Petri dish as opposed to in vivo, which is like in the living being. Okay. So now today you learn two new vocabulary words. Commensal, which is the opposite of illegal immigrant, right? (laughs) Commensal, which is a legal resident. A native resident. A native resident, right. And you also learned 
what was that we just learned? Oh, you learned lipophilic. Oh, yeah. Oil eating and in vitro and in vivo. So, boy, a lot of learning. You know, I was thinking of taking my Groove Classroom Facebook page and that that has been dormant. I've just got a couple of advertisements there in the last couple of years and doing a What I Learned Today series. And every day I would just do a, a mishmash of factoids. Here's a thought. Maybe I should be posting the podcast. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, it would bring it back to life a little. It it isn't living now. (laughs) It's definitely in a dormant phase. So, okay, now let me let me go on. The um, go on. The effectiveness of coconut oil against staph infection is the most impressive. Coconut oil as a moisturizer in skin food soother has been well established by science. Okay, well, that's my nose yeah. thing, so I'm still okay um, with that. Okay, Coconut oil is indicated for dry skin, but not for oily skin, as it is comedogenic, clogs pores. The antifungal effects for dogs are somewhat less than clear because most of the science is in regard to the candida infection, not the Malassezia pachydermatis, the canine infection. In any case, coconut oil will not do much as a single treatment. For effective hair benefit, it should remain on the coat or hair prior to bathing for at least 30 minutes. Okay. That's a long time in a grooming trailer. I'd have to charge a fortune for that. That, but that's not saying that if it's 25 minutes or 20 minutes or if it's 10 minutes, it's not going to work. It's not going to be maximum effective. Okay? Okay. So, yep. yeah, I know a lot of these pre-bath treatments that have to be applied and then waited for it. A lot of spa treatments are that way. That just doesn't work in a mobile But it works for me in a salon setting and I have, you know, um, kennels where they can relax while their product soaks in. Um, It it works for me. And because I I multitask on more than one dog at a time in the shop, um, uh, it doesn't uh, decrease my profit. I could make it work by charging, but the people would really have to want to pay for that and then see a benefit with it. And since it's not something I would be doing every with any regularity other than maybe once a month or every other week with some people, I don't know that I would try to put it in. But I will keep my tub of coconut oil in there for the noses, crusty noses and pop. You know, and I'm going to get a new jar of coconut oil and have it on for soothing skin and occasional. I I like to use olive oil as a pre-bath treatment for the hair. But Susie, I am so deep into the science of the skin that it's just, I mean, I'm practically a wannabe biologist right now. All for the new book, right? For the redo. Well, yeah, but just, it's my own pleasure. It's, you know, when I was in uh, graduate school and having to read technical studies and documents and, and that kind of thing. It used to be rather boring to read some of this stuff. But because I've done so much reading in the last 16, 20 years, it's now easier for me to read and understand a lot of scientific 
terms and the vocabulary, and I find I'm understanding more than I used to be able to understand. And um, I love to get high and just take a deep dive into uh, <laughs> and, I, and, and it's just, a, it's stimulating, you know, like it's, oh, damn, I'm learning. And I, I mean, do you remember those, you remember the Faget? And that's the improper way. We talked about this once and they're the little microbes that look like a space landing device. Yes. Yeah, they're called phage. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I learned that the correct way to pronounce that is phage. And their bacteriological phage are viruses that have existed in a war with bacteria since the beginning. I'm not kidding. Phages and bacteria have been been battling each other. Mind blown since <laughs> since the beginning of life on the planet. I'm not kidding you. Since the beginning of life on the planet, and they just keep adapting and attacking each other. And these little phages, they land on a bacteria molecule, and then the part that looks like the tower of the landing device, you know, they have these little quadruped feet things that plant on the, well, then, you know, the tall kind of tower structure, it's like an injection device and the hexagonal head has DNA in it. And so this thing, it's, it goes from side to side and it squeezes out its DNA into the middle of the bacteria where it multiplies immensely until the bacteria explodes and dies. Easy now. This is a family show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we run out of time and disappear into Barbara's deep hole, let's take one more break and then we're going to talk a little bit about combs. love our sponsors, like Show Season. Let me tell you about my favorite Show Season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush outs too. Show Season carries Barbara's essential oil blends and mellow pet shampoo, blueberry products, delicious colognes, hemp products, a feline line, spa and natural options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. One of our most important and most 
held in our hands, tools, are our combs. We find the tangles with them. We get goobers out with them. They're so important. And now there are so many different types of combs. It used to just be like the wooden poodle comb and the greyhound comb, and that was it. But now there's all these specialty combs. And we had a question on our Facebook group about the half moon comb, but I thought I'd start out with telling you which combs are so important to me. So I have... Let's see. I've got one, two, three, four combs that I use every day. And the first comb that I have is that big, long, gigantic comb that is all one size, probably medium teeth. And then it has like one inch of fine teeth on the end. Do you know that comb? I know. Yeah, that that one's a little long for me. Is it? I use it for the bigger dog. Well, now I don't have any bigger dogs. Maybe I won't be reaching for that one. (laughs) The one actually that I use the most, though, is the Chris Christensen comb that has extra wide teeth on half of it and kind of small to medium sized teeth on the other half. And I don't know, it's about eight inches long, maybe. And uh, that one, I love that comb and I use that comb a ton. And now they have it in colors, but it turns out that the colors come off right away. So maybe not a good idea to get the one with colors, just an FYI. That's the extra course to fine? Yes. I love that comb too. I don't, I don't have one at my table right now, but boy, it's a, it's a good one. Then also Chris Christensen is the tiny face comb. That little itty bitty face comb that has super fine on one side and fine to to small on the other side. I use mm-hmm. that one. And then I have a handle comb for cats. What combs do you have at your table right now? I have the half moon. You do have a half moon comb. Tell, tell us about it. You know, you don't realize that you need that short little part at the at either end of the comb where the tines are pretty short until you start doing little tiny faces and then it's so easy to work around the dog's nose work under its eyes and like that with that fine and it's ultra fine so I think that I would probably like any ultra fine but I find on the other end the medium width end of the um, half moon, it's excellent for picking out tangles in fine coats, like my Maltese coats. It's it's really good for that, as well as kind of for finishing work on the Maltese or um, the ultra fine coats. Do you think you need the Chris Christensen tiny face comb and the half moon comb? Probably not, actually. Okay. You know, except that what you don't get with the uh, the Chris Christensen comb is you don't get that other side that's so good at picking out tangles and just general combing. It's got the one side that's extra fine and the other side that's small to medium. So it's a half and half comb still. It's just not shaped at the end. It seems like it's the same size of teeth. It would probably be the same. The other Chris Christensen comb that I misplaced and I've just (laughs) reordered is the cat comb that's now called cat slash carding comb. Oh, I got to look at that. 
and it's a like a uh it's like a five and a half inch comb it's small and it's got the variable size tines so it's got the ultra short tines and then the longer ones two levels of tines Okay, like the one that Olga just released or got back in stock that's variable within the whole comb. Yeah, within the whole comb. Exactly. And I just spotted that one from Olga. It looks like it's in that same type of comb. But you can't be sure because I just bought a comb from um, Ashley Craig that I thought was going to be the same because it had variable length tines yes. all the way through and with a cold, small comb on a handle. But when it got here, and I already had my name engraved and everything, it's not fine enough. Oh. It's going to be okay for kind of regular combing out faces, but it's not going to be okay as a carding comb. And I love that little cat comb. And apparently other people do because now they're calling it a cat slash carding comb. Because on my small terriers, like my Norwich terriers, I can just do so much de-shedding with that small, very ultra fine comb. I've never had one of those variable length combs. Does it really pull that much more undercoat out? Is that what it's supposed to do? Yeah, but it does it more easily, I think. <laughs> That's the way to say it. Oh, I'm looking at it right here. Oh, yeah, that looks cool. I might have to pick one of those up. You guys, you might want to get one of those. Very neat. Yeah, you know, here's the here's what happened. I had one of those while I was grooming many more cats than I yeah. am now. And um, I I put it away for years. And then just recently, I rediscovered it and fell in love with it because I started using it on my Norwich Terriers and my hand-stripped dogs. Um, and I'll use it like after I do the hand-stripping or whatever I'm going to do, then I card out some some more undercoat. And chihuahuas, I can card their coat out with that thing and you know, Yvonne has gone through it with a regular comb. She thinks she's done it. I take my 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 fine little cat comb and I just start getting bunches more undercoat out of Joella. So it's really a handy tool. But I lost it. Oh, well, I can see why, because it's very short. It's very small. It's very easy to knock off a table. It's very easy to kick it under a cabinet. It's in the black hole. <laughs> the, black, the large black hole that exists in my shop that sucks tools. <laughs> I totally had to retrieve, what was it? Oh, a clipper comb out of my shop vac in the back <laughs> of the trailer. I sucked it right up. It was my little Romani oh, comb. I... Went right down the tube and into the shop vac. Then I, of course, hadn't emptied it recently, so it was full of hair. Oh. And I had to fish through all the hair to find it. But I did. I found it because I can't live without that silly little number three rocker comb. We have just had multiple staff searches. Everybody <laughs> everybody knows to look for my cat comb. It's MIA. <laughs> so I just decided, heck with it. I'm buying another one. I, I'm worth it. 
You know, it, and it's gone up in price. It's $54. So I, although I bought it off of Amazon for next day delivery for like $60, including tax. And that worked for me. So I got one coming right away. One more thing. There are multiple companies that make these different shapes and sizes of combs. How important is where you buy the comb? Like, for instance, we were saying that uh, Olga from Zolata Shears has the, a comb that's similar and that Ashley Craig has a comb that's similar, but they're not always exactly the same. So what do you probably best to try it at a trade show? Maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I just would be careful. Or I guess I could have talked with them before I bought the comb. You know, and then I and then they're they're just plain fine comb on a hand with a handle. They're ultra fine. Might have been the better buy. And now I spent you know like sixty dollars. Right. <laughs> so in the last week, I've spent one hundred and twenty. Well, last two weeks, I've spent one hundred and twenty dollars on small combs. And I still have one of my most go-to combs is a regular. Greyhound comb, and I happen to have an Ashley Craig one that's turquoise and magenta two tone. Ooh, uh, ah. You know, yeah, like just because I'm a color freak. I get it. And it has my name on it. Oh, I'm so jealous. And so now that one I haven't lost in years. I've had it for a long time. And in fact, the coating's starting to wear off. And I had an argument with a sales lady who denied that the coating wears off and I'm looking while I'm looking straight at my comb at home that has exactly that happening. There's no coating on the tips of the comb, but it doesn't feel too bad. They're they're decent combs. Well, I think that just about covers it, Barbara. I'm going to go drive a Corvette. Well, cool. I'm going to go make (laughs) a yummy cheeseburger. Oh, that sounds pretty good too. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Pepsi, Pepsi. <laughs> oh, I oh. found these hamburger patties at, uh, uh, it would be Kroger, at, uh, that have cheese and bacon in the hamburger patty. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, so I'm, I, I know. I've had two of them already. Now I'm going to go have my third hamburger hamburger. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys, for being here. Thank you for the donation and the new Patreon sign-up. Thanks, Haley, for the question. And happy grooming, everyone. See you next week on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.